Hey everyone, good morning. Thanks for joining us here in the building and online. Come on, stand up. We're going to sing to the Lord this morning and lift our voice. Come on. I am who you 
Oh, God. 
place or wherever we're watching from, we praise your name because of the hope we have in your son Jesus. So we thank you for that truth. We thank you for your goodness. And it's because of him that we can sing together. And everybody said, me. Mm-hmm. 
Lord, we just think about your word, and Lord, your loving kindness never ceases. Lord, great is your faithfulness, Lord, day in and day out. And even those of us, Lord, who just get up every day and, and we try to do our best, Lord, we know that um, we, we, there, there are going to be so many times, Lord, where we just fall down. Lord, we fall short, um, and we are, we are uh, w- without faith. We are faithless, Lord, and we are not faithful. And God, just to know the truth that you are always faithful. Um, Lord, it just holds us up. It, it gives us confidence. It gives us strength to keep moving, to keep moving forward, and to con- continue to lean into you. So, Lord, we trust in you, Lord, for you are faithful, and great is your faithfulness, Lord, day in and day out. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Good morning, church. You can have a seat. Can we just thank God for his faithfulness? Can we thank God for his faithfulness? So uh, a few things I want to share with you uh, just that are coming up this week. So one is that this Friday and Saturday we have our Light the World uh, Light Up experience. And so it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen on Friday and Saturday from 6 to 9. And we're asking that you would go online and register. It's a free event. But we just want to you know, be able to direct, direct traffic and know who's coming and be able to prepare for you. So you'll come up. You'll drive around and see all the different lights. And you saw the, the manger structure over here by the ramp. And so we're going to end with a live nativity. And just know that uh, it's going to be a blessing to your heart. Beth is doing a phenomenal job with her team. And, again, we want to thank Beth DePietro and her team for what they're doing. Can we thank God for Beth and the DePietro family? And it just, you know, it's, it's cool because it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it's an all-hands-on-deck kind of a thing. And, and we're thankful for all the donations and the prayers and, and the encouragement and the support. And so there's another work day today from 1 to 4 in the gym. So join Beth and the team over there in the gym um, from 1 to 4 today. And then this Friday and Saturday is when we'll have the event. There will be no Saturday night service um, next weekend, um, but we will have Sunday service. Um, Saturday night we'll be um, not having it because of the light event. So make sure you register and come on up. It's going to be a fun time. Looking forward to that. Um, Also, Christmas Eve 1, 3, 5, and 7 are the Christmas Eve times. And so please uh, just mark your your calendars for that and just join us for one of those uh, Christmas Eve services. They're all identical, and we're all going to be celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. And so just join us for one of those time slots, um, those times, excuse me, on um, Christmas Eve. So our birthday gift to Jesus is, uh, our goal is 90,000. And look at the progress, people. Can we thank God for that? Look at the progress. It's exciting. 24,722, and so we're thankful for what is coming. And, and uh, the next uh, group that we want to recognize is uh, Daniel and Anita, uh, Word of Life over in Ecuador. And we have a video. So I want you all to check out this video. We're so happy to share this time with you. Quisiéramos compartir lo que Dios ha hecho acá en Ecuador en el Ministerio de Palabra de Vida. Ha sido un tiempo de pandemia y parece que todo se puso cuesta arriba. Sin embargo, para Dios nada es imposible. But for God, there's nothing that is impossible. Dios ha sido fiel y nos ha permitido hacer muchas cosas. God has been faithful and he has allowed us to do many things. Hemos crecido en la cantidad de entrenamientos a muchos clubes bíblicos. We have grown in how much um, youth ministries we are reaching right now. Hemos entrado a más iglesias. We have reached more churches. Y ya estamos celebrando reuniones de jóvenes de manera presencial. And now we are able to have some of those youth groups in physically with the youth. Así es, Israel. Nuevamente fuimos desafiados. That's, that's it, Israel. Um, 
we have been challenged. El campamento sigue manteniéndose listo para recibir la gente cuando podamos. The, the camp uh, site that we have is still ready to, when we are able to have people in there. Y este lugar que ustedes les conocen, And this que era el that you know, that you used to be where we had the meal, hemos adaptado para hacer un set de televisión. We have adapted to have a set of television. Sí, con nuestros recursos comenzamos a hacer programas de televisión. Yeah, where our resources we have been able to make uh, programs. Uh, sí, y luces hechas por nosotros the y adaptadas con nuestros celulares. And we, use, we are recording with our own phones. Sí, gracias, gracias por estar allí. Hacemos tres programas. Uno los lunes para los líderes. We, we are making three programs. One on Monday that is for the youth leaders. El segundo levantando la palabra. Uh, the second one is called levantando la palabra, which means uh, to lift the word of God on high. Y tercero, uno de sabiduría para chicas los jueves. And the third one is uh, for women is called like uh, wisdom for women and is on Tuesdays. Y algunas otras cosas más. And ¿sí? many other things. Y Dios está haciendo una obra increíble porque los números nos muestran lo que lo que nosotros no podíamos ver. Yeah, and, and God has been doing an amazing work and the numbers that we're seeing like is just showing us how much we have been able to reach people. Un ejemplo es que desde que comenzó la pandemia 280,000 personas se conectaron con sus aparatos electrónicos. Since the beginning of the pandemic we have 280 1,000 uh, phones or any electronic devices that have been connecting with or all our programs that we have been doing. Luego tuvimos un campamento para niños también con más de 500, 600 niños. And then we had a camp, uh, online camp for kids, and then we had like 500 to, uh, I forgot the other number. Uh, sí, 500 o más niños. Or more kids. Okay. Uh, <laughs> y luego hicimos el campamento de jóvenes. And then we had the youth camp. 1,500 jóvenes se conectaban. 1,000 y luego hicimos un campamento sudamericano viendo Ecuador lo que había pasado Palabra de Vida hizo un nuevo campamento para toda Latinoamérica and then after that because of uh, what the camps that we have been doing uh, South America decided to do a South American camp which we were Part of. Y ahí tuvimos 3,000 jóvenes inscritos que tenían consejeros. And then after that we had like 3,000 uh, teens that were in, in the camp that had their own counselors. Así que, que fue una victoria para Dios. And it was a victory for God. Pero eso es solo posible. And that's only possible. Por ustedes. Because of you. Así que yo quiero darle gracias a la iglesia Library Baptist. And that's why I want to thank you, the, the Church of Library Baptist. Pero a las familias. But to the family. A ustedes. You. Porque la ofrenda que ustedes dieron. Because of the offerings that you have been given. Sostuvo nuestras familias. You are sustaining our family. El, el sopor que nos dan. The support that you're giving us. Hace posible que estemos haciendo la obra de Dios. Yo no tengo ni tenemos nosotros palabras para decirles. Pero acá la gente dice de esta manera. Say, Dios lo pague. <laughs> God pay you. 
Y eso es lo que va a suceder el día de Pentecostés. Gracias, Pastor Ken. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Y todas las familias allí. And all the families are there. Yo sé que algunas familias están en dolor. I know that many families are grieving. Hubo pérdidas. There is a lot of loss. Allá, uh, Mark, Michelle y muchos otros Mark, que Michelle, han pasado por momentos de prueba. That have gone through trial time. Estamos unidos en oración. We're together in prayer. Y esperando en el Señor. And we're waiting on God. Para que esto pase adelante. For this to move forward. Y podamos moverlo, moverlo desde, atrás, desde atrás. And that we can push it forward too. Okay. Dios los bendiga. God bless you. Y gracias a todos. And thank you. Thank you. Let's thank God for our Ecuador family, huh? We love them. They are, they're incredible people, and uh, they're on our birthday gift to Jesus list. So we're asking you to, to pray about your part. Uh, we'll put that thermometer up there. We're, we're at 24,000, almost 25,000, just over a quarter of the way. Can we thank God we're moving, right? We're making progress. Um, These are some great people that uh, we've fallen in love with, and they are doing a fantastic job. I love hearing how that they, they didn't let the pandemic stop them. Now, now they've turned their thing into a studio where we would eat meals down there. Is now a studio. And when he takes me on FaceTime and he shows me all this, it's like you should see how they've made the lights. It's like floodlights you'd put outside for your garage. He's turned in and Pocho's made this all crazy. So it's kind of, kind of a wild thing how they've made it. But uh, they're, they're doing an incredible work for God. And so... I'm thankful for the, uh, the the fact that God's ministry still moves on no matter what's happening, right? And that's what's happening there. That's what's happening here as well. That's why the, this weekend we're doing that thing outside, man. That you won't have to get out of your car. It'll be just beautiful. You can come up here and, and uh, it, you, you won't catch anything if you don't put your window down, right? So it'll be wonderful. So it, we're just thanking God for these opportunities. New opportunities. God gives us new opportunities. Um, as he as uh, as he suggested in there, his, sending his sympathies to the Mark and Michelle and Brian and Audra Gamender. We want to remember the Gamender family this week. As uh, most of you know, Sharon Gamender went on to be with the Lord this week. Uh, great, great lady in our church. She was uh, she volunteered in the office for more than 15 years every day of the week. She was here five days a week. Uh, incredible lady. Uh, you know that she served well in the church. She was part of our church for 50 years. Can you imagine that? 50 years in the same place. Um, let's thank God for Sharon Gamenda this morning. We love her. We love her. She's, she's having her worship service this morning in heaven. And uh, there's a mini worship service going on with several others that have gone on to be with the Lord from our church this week. Mary Beth Cole, her father, went on to be with the Lord this week. Glenn Moss, his dad, went on, Leroy Moss, uh, he went on to be with the Lord this week. Um, Leroy was a part of this church for many years back in the old days here. Um, Nancy Baker's dad, she, uh, he went on to be with the Lord this week, Robert Sturtis. And then Jay Smith. Um, a relatively new family in our church. That, uh, he went on to be with the Lord as well. His wife was here last night. She's 94 years old. And she was telling me last night that she goes into nursing homes and leads hymns, and uh, like a hymn singer in the nursing homes. And I said, well, do you play an instrument? Thinking she's going to tell me the piano. She says, yes, I play the drum. And I was like, you're 94 and you play the drum? She goes, well, I just took it up two years ago. I was like, how awesome is that, you know? So I, I, w I want to encourage you, be in prayer for all these families. It's a, it's a lot of grief 
a lot of things that are happening. We're, we have confidence that these folks are with the Lord, but it's, it's a hard time. So I want you to rally around these families today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer just before Reagan Allen comes and shares with us on the harp. Reagan is a junior in Ringgold High School, and so she'll be sharing with us on the harp this morning, for which we are so thankful. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord. We thank you for our, our friends in Ecuador, Lord. Um, we thank you that we have the opportunity to give. Thank you for blessing us that we may bless the world. God, we pray for this birthday gift to Jesus, Lord. We ask that you'll help us as we continue to be diligent. We continue to pray. We continue to put your name at the top of the birthday gift to Jesus list, Lord. As our people give more to you than anybody else, Lord, we ask that you'll meet the need and supply for all those missionaries, including Daniel and Anita Gonzalez, the entire team over there in Ecuador. God, do your work. Do mighty things. God, be with these families that are grieving today, Lord. Our, our hearts are broken for just so much, Lord. Our church, we're, we're in, a, in a state of grief right now for, for, uh, for many people, Lord, because we just love our families. Lord, we, uh, we thank you for the life of Sharon Gamender. We thank you for the legacy that she left here in this church. And I pray now for, for her family, Lord, for Michelle and Mark and for Brian and Audra, Lord. I just lift up them and their kids and their, and their grandkids, Lord. We just lift this entire family up before you. God, we lift up uh, the Baker family, Lord. We know that Nancy Baker, a uh, faithful servant out here in Wade. And, uh, God, we just, we just thank you for these family members. And as, they, as they're grieving the loss of, uh, of Nancy's dad, Lord, we just ask that you'll put your hand on them, Lord, for the, for the Moss family, for the, for the Cole, Mary Beth Cole family, Lord, and, and for Jay Smith family, Lord. We just, we just lift up these folks all up to you. And, God, thank you for the opportunity you've given us to come and worship here this morning. In your name we pray.
Thank God for Reagan. Reagan, we thank you. Let's thank her again, man. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. We, uh, we're starting a new series today. It's our Christmas series. It's entitled, It's a Wonderful Life. As I jump into this this morning, you know, I just want to share with you another one of our fam- church family. This picture here is of um, Ken Myers. He came last night to church. As you know, I asked you to pray for him a few weeks ago. He had COVID. And uh, that's me under the mask, if you couldn't tell, all right? So that's uh, me and my friend Ken Meyer. He's 87 years old, and uh, he survived corona. He was in the hospital, and he sent this letter. Uh, you know, you sent him cards. This next picture has him in front of all of his cards, and he just wanted to send a thank you. And he said, Pastor Ken, I would like to get up in front of the church and do this, but I would cry if I did. So I would like for you to read this letter. And so I wanted to read, wanted to read this to you. He says, I wanted to, uh, he says, Pastor Ken, I wanted to write out my testimony of God, how God healed me from COVID, which was a miracle since my lungs got infected with COVID, and it was very hard to breathe. I went into Jefferson Hospital on October the 15th and came home 13 days later. It was hard being in isolation at the hospital and not having any visitors. One day I was in the hospital and I got a visit by Jim Watts outside the window. That really cheered me up. Could you imagine Jim Watts outside the window just jumping up and down? Either you would be happy or afraid. I don't know. So Jim Watts outside the window. One day I was, out, I was in the hospital and I got a visit by Jim Watts outside the window that really cheered me up. I had a nurse that would pray with me when he was my nurse, which was, and he was very encouraging. When I first came home from the hospital on October 28th, I couldn't walk very well and was getting home health care and therapy at our home, uh, which was a big help. I felt that God answered everyone's prayers and did a miracle to heal me. I went to a specialist doctor this week, and she cleared me to be able to drive since my walking is very good now and I have good reflexes. I am almost back to being as healthy as I was before COVID, and I want to thank everyone who prayed for me and sent me cards. I know that God has answered our prayers, and that is why I recovered. I was very sick, and I know it was such a miracle. And I thank everyone for all your prayers and cards and meals from Crossroads Ministries. Thank you to everyone at Crossroads. Can we thank God for that? What a great, great guy. Great guy. Last night, he told me, he said, I've been in this church for 45 years. 45 years. And I'm, and I'm just thinking, what the, the miracles to have people around us like that that long that have invested their lives here at the church and literally given their life to the church, given their life to each other here. And we thank God for our church family. As we're talking about It's a Wonderful Life, you know, um, you're all reminded of the movie It's a Wonderful Life. How many have seen the movie? Just out of curiosity, right? Just most everybody, right? A few people say, I've never heard the movie. And, uh, and I, I'm going to tell you, go home and watch it. It's in black and white. It's a great movie. It takes you about two hours. And uh, uh, it's, a, it's a fun movie to watch just during Christmas time. But it's a story of about a man named George Bailey. And George Bailey, uh, at the beginning, they're praying for George. George is going through a rough moment, and he's, and he's praying, and you hear the angels in heaven talking. Oh, boy, we've got a rough one. We're going to have to send Clarence down, right? So they sent, they sent Clarence the angel down, and, uh, and, and, the, and the story unfolds. And they said, but before you get to help him, there's a few things you ought to know. So what they do is they go and they flash back the life of George Bailey, and we see what George Bailey was looking for to have a wonderful life, and at the end we find out his crisis and how that he comes to find out that it's a wonderful life, even in the moments of crisis. And I was thinking about this movie, I've been thinking about it since September, 
thinking, all right, how are we going to do this? You know, in September, I'm thinking all this pandemic thing will be over. And, I'm, you know, we keep thinking it's going to be over, it's going to be over. But there's no sign of any of that stuff. There, we, we, ha- we have no future. We don't know what, what the world around us can hold. How can you have a wonderful life in the midst of these type of life, in the midst of crisis? So we're, we're going to look at this. How do we have a wonderful life? And as we do this, I'm going to show you a couple clips each week from, from George Bailey. So I want to show you this first clip is from George Bailey. When George was uh, a little kid, he goes into the drugstore, and, uh, and the little girl Mary kind of has a crush on him. So I want you to just watch this little interaction here. come from? Look at here. From Tahiti, the Fiji Islands, the Coral Sea. A new magazine. I never saw it before. Of course you never. Only us explorers can get it. I've been nominated for membership in the National Geographic Society. Is this the year you can't hear on? George Bailey, I'll love you till the day I die. I'm going out exploring someday. You watch. And I'm going to have a couple of harems and maybe three or four wives. Wait and see. Don't you just love that? George Bailey, I love you till the day you die. Till the day I die. I'm going to go on this. I'm going to do that. He's got, he's got aspirations. He's, he's got life, and he's thinking, man, I'm going to be successful. I'm going to travel. I'm going to see the world. She's interested in love, and he's like, man, I'm a typical guy. I'm ready to go, right? I'm ready to conquer the world. And then uh, fast forward just a little bit later in life. Now he reconnects with Mary again, and this time he, he kind of he pays a little bit more attention to Mary now. Hey, Mary. As I was lumbering down the street, down the street, down the street. Okay, then I'll throw a rock at the old Granville house. Oh, no, don't. I, I love that old house. No, you see, you make a wish and then try and break some glass in. You've got to be a pretty good shot nowadays, too. too oh, no, what? George, don't. It, it's full of romance, that old place. I'd like to live in it. In that place? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Now, watch. There's right in the second floor there, see? What'd you wish, George? Well, not just one wish, a whole hat full. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and a year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. 
Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Were you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? tonight can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I told you, it might not come true. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon. Uh, and then it continues on. I like it. The old guy on the porch, he, he yells over. He says, hey, stop talking her to death and just kiss her. Come on, you know. And so it's a, it's a, it's a wonderful movie. But what you see here is you see this young guy that is dealing with his life's aspirations. He's saying, man, I'm going to travel the world. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be rich. I'm going to go here. I'm going to go everywhere. And so we see what is driving his life. He's driving his life by the things that he thinks will make him successful by his dream. And I want to ask you today, what was your dream? What was the thing that you drove your li- that drove your life? If you said, oh, if I just did this one thing, then my life would be wonderful. I'm around a lot of young adults, and quite, th- quite often young adults will share with me their aspirations and their dreams. And I- I've sat with young people, and they've told me about how that they can't wait to conquer the world. They can't wait to go all over the place, and how they're going to go out, and they're going to make a million dollars in the first five years. And-, and I mean, literally, I've had people tell me these things. It's like, wow, they, they are burdened, and they're passionate to... What's driving them? And, and, they, and then they don't get this. And then, then whenever these things happen, they, they think that life is no longer this wonderful life. And so I want to ask you, what is that one thing that's challenging your life? What is the one thing that if, you're promised, if you were promised that you would have it? For George Bailey, it was traveling. He was going to go all over the world. It was success. He was going to make lots of money. He's going to come back, and he was going to do it all. Maybe for you, it's relationships. Maybe for you it's jobs, health, career. Um, there's so many things. Maybe it's the, the American dream. It was the, you know, a, a few years ago if you looked up the American dream and you found the American dream house, you'd find the American dream house was a nice little, little house with a white picket fence and 2.4 children. I was Google searching the American dream and the houses that come up today are much bigger. They're like gigantic, monstrous places. And so the, so the gene keeps changing, and so we, we keep saying, if I just have this one thing, then I'll be happy, and if I just go to this thing, I'll be happy. And I want to encourage you to, to understand something today, that God really does want you to have a wonderful life, but he's the one who determines what wonderful is. Did you catch that? God wants to give you a wonderful life. As a matter of fact, the whole reason when we go through this whole Christmas season, the whole reason that Jesus came was so that you could have a wonderful life. And when we put that word wonderful in there, we think that wonderful means that there will be nothing will happen to me. Everything will be good and everything will be happy. And I want to encourage you that that's not what this means. That's not what God teaches in his word. God says that as a follower of Christ, you will still have problems. You will still have loss. You will still suffer pain. You will still have your dreams. Those, those, those jobs you may not get. Those relationships may fail. But God says, I want to give you a wonderful life in the midst of all that. 
And, and as a matter of fact, um, John chapter 10, verse 10 is going to be our theme verse for this series. Let's read it aloud together, would you? The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life. The thief came to steal kill and destroy but look at the first half of that verse here john 10 10 a the thief didn't come the only reason that the thief came was to steal was to kill and to destroy now as you look through the bible you'll find that that there are many names that you'll see describing satan he's known as the father of lies he's known as the deceiver here he's known as the thief the thief comes to steal he comes to kill and he comes to destroy. The enemy is referred to here as a thief. And that's exactly what he does. He comes and he takes what God wants for your life. Uh, he comes and he gets you to take his bait instead. Uh, the thief's lies are deceptive. Catch that. The thief's lies are deceptive. Number one, to live a wonderful life, do not believe the lies of the enemy. Okay, that's in your, in your notes there to fill out today. Do not believe the lies of the enemy. And here's why you cannot believe the lies of the enemy is because they are deceptive. The thieves' lies are deceptive. I love to fish. I don't catch many fish. I love to fish. The reason that I don't catch many fish is I'm, I don't know the sport too well. But I have a good friend that any time I go fishing, I give him a call. I'll shoot him a text and say, hey, I'm going bass fishing. What was the lure that you said to, to use? And I still have it in my text. And, uh, and, Mark, you do the same thing. What is it? It's a MEP spinner, right? And I believe it's a number three, isn't it? MEP spinner number three. You can't get a MEP spinner number two or a number one. It has to be a MEP spinner number three. And what happens is when you drag a MEP spinner number three... And this friend of ours, he says that, listen, if there's fish, they're going to bite this. And he, when he puts it in, he's so impatient. He rolls it through. He winds it through twice. He goes, ah, oh, there's no fish. Let's go somewhere else, all right? He is so confident on his lure that he knows that bass like that map spinner number three. And he's so confident that if he pulls the map spinner number three past, past the bass, that they're going to bite it. When I go fishing and I take, you know, I have two daughters and a wife. And you go on a family fishing trip. It's really fun. I get to thread the worms for all three of them. I put the worms on, and uh, and I detangle, and I pray that I could fish one day. You know, I'm just kidding, right? And we put that out there, and they will catch fish by accident. It's really cool. Well, this summer we were up Palmatoming, and and they had worms on, and I'm like trolling, and all of a sudden their rods are bending. You know, why? Because they went by and, and a fish bumped into it and, and, and ate it, right? But when you go lure fishing, if you have the right lure, now if you're fishing for trout, use a different lure. If you're fishing for pike, there's lures for pike. And so I've tried to get into it, and I just haven't spent enough time to really get into this. But, man, that, that's kind of like, you know, maybe when I get really some free time when I'm 99, I'll do this, all right? And, and, and you pull that lure through. And so as you pull the lure through, the fish can't help but bite on it. And this is what the thief is like for you and I. The thief is exactly like that. He puts the lure out there, and he tempts you. And you bite on it. And it's hook, 
line and sinker. And here's what happens. Uh, Richard Baxter said it best like this. He said, you shall see neither hook nor line, much less the subtle angler himself, while he is offering you his bait. And his bait will be so fitted to your temper and disposition that he will be sure to find advantages within you and your own principles and inclinations to betray you. Uh, See, that's what Satan does. He comes along and he's casting. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. In the passage here this morning in John chapter 10, I'm just going to read a few of the back verses to you here. John 10 verse 7, Jesus was talking in the context of sheep. He had just got done saying that the sheep hear his voice. He calls out his own sheep. They know him by name. And then he says in verse 7, So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find green pastures. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and that they might have it abundantly. So Jesus says here that he is the door. What would happen was the shepherd would would make a pen, if you will. And so he had the pen for his sheep, and so he would count the sheep as they would go and count them as they go out. The The sheep know his voice. He knows every sheep by name. You know, I, I don't totally understand it because I'm not a shepherd. Anybody have any sheep at home? Oh, come on. Not one of you? How many have a dog at home? Okay, a few of you. Our dog. Um, my wife is with the dog this morning. We come home yesterday and the dog's not feeling well. And I'll tell you what. She goes over. Cola. Cola. I mean, she's talking to this dog more than she talks to me. Although he may talk back. I'm just kidding, right? So, so he, he, he's like, he, she's treating this, there's like this care for this animal. And that's a small taste of what it's like for the shepherd. The shepherd knew, like if, 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 if a sheep was hurting, he would carry the sheep. These dirty, nasty, smelly, stinky sheep, he'd carry them around his neck. Um, he, he would take them. The, the job of the shepherd was to lead them to green pastures. You understand that the sheep would come. The sheep would come and they would, they would eat up all the green. They had to take them to the next place to find more green pastures. And so, so that the was the job of the shepherd. He, he cared. As a matter of fact, the very next verse, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. So he said, I am the door. What would happen was in, within the pen of the sheep, the shepherd would be the door. He wouldn't put up a, a prop or a piece of wood to, to, to keep the sheep in. At nighttime, the shepherd would lay there. And what he says is that a thief would come in to steal. And a thief or a robber, they may not come through the door. They may come through the back and through the side. So, so he would keep an eye out on them. But the sheep know the, know, the, know the shepherd's voice. And he says, listen, all who've come before me, they were robbers. They were thieves. And so what was happening in this day was the, the lore that Satan was casting by these people was religion. Like he said, can you keep the Ten Commandments? Can, 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 you, can you be good all the time? And so we see, it. we see a whole culture of people. You look at them, their, their, their pomp and circumstance. They, they, are, they are filled with this incredible goodness, and, and they know how to live a good, good life. But, man, they didn't have God. 
They were far from God. And so, so I'm going to ask you today, what is the thief casting your way? Like, who's the robber in your life today? What is God robbing you of? Uh, I'm sorry, not what is God robbing you. What is the thief robbing you that belongs to God? Like God says, I've come to give you life. The thieves' lives are deceptive. The thieves' lives are destructive. They absolutely destroy. He says, I ha- uh, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So they are the destructive life. If you want to lead a destructive life, you follow the lies. You look at the Lord that comes your way. And so here's what the Lord quite often looks like. looks like a relationship. I'm so lonely. This looks so good. But why kind, she kind of, kind of has a God sense. And, well, you know, they went to church when they were 12. And, and it's like this. And it's like, and all of a sudden you just bite at this and you say, oh, man, Man, I'm missing out on what God wants. Or the job. Here comes the job, and the job is mowing through. And you're like, man, you know, if I make all this money, I'll be able to help missionaries all around the world. I'll be able to do this. I'll be able to build things. And, 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 you, and, and all of a sudden, but, but you know, if you take this thing, you're never going to see your family. You're never going to see anybody. You're going you're to be a slave to this thing, and, and that's going to own your soul. But, but you fall for it, and you take the bite. And so, so there are so many things that for all of us, and listen, there's nothing wrong with a good job. There's nothing wrong with a good relationship. There's nothing wrong with any of these things that God has placed before us. And what happens is Satan can use something so good. You know, it's like, like even the kids when they're fishing with a worm on the hook, there's still hook, isn't there? And, and so, so, so it's like we've got, we got to realize that some of these things are good. They're just not the right timing. And it's like, okay, God, I've got to wait for your timing. And God, I've got to, I, I got to take what you said. I'm not going to take the thieves' lies, whether it be you can be married and deal with these lies. You can be single dealing with these lies. You can have a job and deal with these lies. You can have no job and deal with these lies. His lies are deceptive. And we all fall for them from time to time. Man, I think of young people in high school. Man, that's tough being in high school, isn't it? Like that, those were some, some of you look back and say that was some of the toughest years of your life being in high school. I want to encourage you high school students. There's a lot of lies. There's a lot of lures that Satan's bringing your way. Hey, if you just do this, you'll be successful. And God says, listen, is success really what you're looking for? You think the wonderful life is making tons of money? Go talk to people who make tons of money. They'll tell you it's not what they thought it was. Listen, you think it's the perfect marriage? First of all, show me the perfect marriage. Then I'll tell you that it's not what you thought. Like you thought that if I just do this, that my life will be perfect. There is no perfect life, but there is a wonderful life, and the wonderful life comes from God. And so when we start to understand that the wonderful life comes from God, as I've walked the journey this week with, uh, with, uh, with many of our people that are grieving, I see that they had lived the wonderful life, and it didn't have the symbols that our culture assigns to wonderful, it had a godly legacy that will outlive them. And, and, and I'm saying, you know what, the people that I respect the most are not the people that, that, uh, that, that, that have all the success standards according to the standards of, of the world. It's the people that are humble, the people that are meek, the people that really care about you, the people that really invest into your life. So the thief's lives, they, they're the destructful life. God says that, uh, that we are to come to him, and he will give us the abundant life. Uh, John 10.10b says this, but I have come. Read it with me. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. 
That word abundant is a mathematical term. It, it means excess. It means leftover. It means excessive amount left over. So he says, I have come that they may have life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. What does God come to do? What did Jesus come for? Jesus came that you might have life and that you may have abundant life, that you have multiplication of life, that you may have more life than you can consume. Now, that's eternal life, no doubt. Eternal life is going to be more life than I can consume. I, I can't comprehend totally eternal life. I know that, that I have it, that I will be with God forever and ever in heaven because of what Jesus has done on the cross, but also because of what Jesus has done on the cross in the middle of this world that is broken, in the middle of the world that is painful, in the middle of all of the grief that we're going through, I still have life. And I have abundant life. And it's, it's more than if my health holds out. It's more than if my job holds out. It's more than if these things happen. Because I'll give you a little secret. When you're going through life and you have that list of the things, that list changes. What you're working on today will change. And in five years, it'll be a whole new list. And you say, oh, that can't happen. Just look at five years ago. What were you thinking about? Five years ago, some of you were thinking, man, I can't wait to graduate high school. Some of you were thinking, I can't wait to graduate college. I'm thinking, I can't wait to walk up the steps. You know, it's like, you know, I hope these knees hold out, you know. And listen, everything changes. And it's like five years ago, I was like, man, you realize five years ago, Pastor John retired, retired, retired. I'm not far behind, am I, right? Five years ago. That was only five years ago. That seemed, do you realize what I was working on my list before that has totally changed? Like everything has totally changed. I just I, I wanted to see my kids make it through college. I wanted to see you know, that, I, that we could lead the church, that God would open his doors, and, 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 and we're doing this. And now I'm saying, man, what's the next five years hold for me? And, and so that list keeps changing, and so the wonderful life can't be based on a list. If it is, you, you know, there's a tragedy that's happened. You met all your goals already, or you didn't meet your goals. That's the true tragedies, isn't it? You meet your goals or you don't meet your goals. At, at the end of the day, God says, I've come that you may have life. And if your list doesn't happen, like George Bailey's list, and we'll see that in a few weeks here, it, it, things just didn't happen, man. He was, it was bad. He was, he was at the end of his rope. He was ready to throw in the towel. God says, listen, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it eternal, that it may be abundant, that you will have excessive amount of life. So whenever I'm going into the stores around this place and I'm walking around this town and I'm communicating with people, I have an excessive amount of life. What? I'm telling you, I'm watching. There's dead people walking everywhere in this town right now. Everywhere. And they're, they're, they're overwhelmed. The other day I went in down here to the Dollar General. I go in there quite often. That's our go-to for stuff you need the last minute, right? Or the first minute. That's where we go. So I'm in the Dollar General. And the, uh, the girl who rings up the register, she was having a rough day. And she knows that I'm the pastor up here. She says, Pastor, would you pray for me? And explains to me this heavy issue. And I said, could I pray with you right now? I mean, I just stopped right there. Why? I have an excessive amount of life. 
Like, I'm not going to bottle this up. I'm not going to go hide it. I just said, would it be all right if I pray with you right now? I said, there's not much of a line. The other guy has the other register. I'll just take 30 seconds and pray with you. So I stopped and prayed. And I'm saying, you know, I didn't do this like 10 years ago. God just gave me this understanding that I've got so much life. I've got to share it with people. I have come that they might have life and that they might have it to the full. So if you want to live an abundant, uh, live a wonderful life, don't believe the lies of the enemy. If you want to live a wonderful life, believe the promises of God. God has promised us life. And when that's the next point in your notes there. To live a wonderful life, believe the promises of God. And when you come in and you start looking in this book, I'll tell you what. If I, if I want to encourage you. I can only talk so long. They only give me so much three hours a weekend, right? So, um, but... God can talk to you every day. He'll talk to you all week. And you can open up. I'm talking about a few verses. You can, I want to encourage you to take the 21-day challenge. I tell people all the time, 21-day challenge. Go to the book of John, 21 chapters. You can do it in 21 days. That's how you start a new habit. Just, just listen to it. Put it on your, put it on your thing, uh, on your phone or your device. Listen to it while you're exercising. Listen to it when you're uh, alone in the car. Listen to it any time that you can. And I'm telling you, all of a sudden you'll start hearing the promises of God will start coming out. And all of a sudden you'll start to understand that the promises of God are trustworthy. You can trust every promise of God. That's why I want to encourage you to live the wonderful life. Believe the promises of God, number one, because they are trustworthy. You can trust everything that he says in his word. His promises are trustworthy. One of them I'm just going to share with you real briefly here. It's in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1. And I, and I love this. Isaiah 11, 1 says, now this, I, I have to explain it because it's a promise that God fulfilled. There shall come forth a rod from the stem or the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. In the chapter before, Isaiah chapter 10, God talks about, through the prophet Isaiah, all these prophecies about nations that will be chopped down, and he refers to them as stumps. In the Hebrew, it's literally stump. Quite often, many translations will use the word stump there. Um, Look at this picture of a stump here. I was trying to find a picture of this. Like, they're not easy to come by. Most people, if you, if you Google search tree stump, you find tree stump grinder. Why? Because nobody wants a tree stump. Have you ever taken a picture of a tree stump and put on there, Merry Christmas? Yeah? Literally, you know, it's like, you know, Happy Holidays, wishing you and your family well, right? That's not the picture that you see. This picture communicates, ugh. It communicates bad news. And that's what God was communicating. He said, listen, there's bad news. And, and the stump, the tree has been cut down. And so Assyria would be, would, would be used to judge Israel, and, and God would cut them off. And so the, the, the tree would be cut off. And what happened in history, folks, was this. There was a 600-year period from the time that the, the, the kings, remember, there was King David. God set up the kings of Israel through King David and went through all these kings. And when the kingdom divided and the kingdom was over, there were 600 years between that time and when Jesus showed up on earth. This prophecy was given six to 700 years before Jesus arrives on earth. As a matter of fact, God kept prophesying all throughout the Old Testament, all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. We find the promise of the Messiah to come. So this promise has been coming, this promise, this promise that God said he will fulfill. And God says, listen, one day... Out of the stump, out of the stump of Jesse, 
Who's Jesse? Jesse was King David's father. Out of the stump of Jesse, a branch shall grow out of his roots. And then he continues on, verse 2. He continues on here. And we'll put that up here. Verse 2 says, The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight, verse 3, is in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of, of his uh, sorry, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. But the righteousness he shall judge the poor and divide the, uh, divide equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And he continues on, and we see all this prophecy about the coming king. And the king that would come one day. So what, is, what happens here? I mean, he goes in verse 6. He talks about the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the young goat. The calf shall lie down with the, uh, with the, uh, the, the calf and the young lion shall, shall lay together. And the little child shall lead them. Like, that's not, not how we see life today. He says, listen, there will be future peace. And so what happens is we see this prophecy that will be fulfilled in Jesus, and there's still more of that to come because at the end of the story, you come back and you see at the end of the Bible, actually not at the end, but it's all through there. You find this. It talks about this period where Jesus is going to come and he's going to reign on earth for a thousand years, and all those verses will come to true. But God said, when that stump is cut down, throw that stump up there, because I want you to think about this. Right now, some of us, this is what we're thinking about our life right now. It's painful. It's dark. It hurts. And I want you to remember, don't take the lies of the enemy. The thief comes to steal. The thief comes to make you think that that's the end. Isaiah 11, God told his people, he said, out of that stump, a little, little branch is going to start to grow. And as he talks about it, we see that this is the fulfillment of Jesus. 600 years later, Jesus comes on the earth and the branch starts to grow. We are going to see yet the future, the future fulfillment of the rest of the chapter. But I want you to catch this. Christmas, as you're going through this, the, the, the wonderful life, wonderful life doesn't mean that I don't ever have a stump. It means that I have hope. Did you catch that? The wonderful life does not mean I don't ever have a stump. It means that I have hope. And as you're thinking about Christmas, one of the big words you hear talked about at Christmas is hope. You know why there's hope? Because God made a promise uh, 6,000 years ago, starting in the Garden of Eden, and he's fulfilled his promise. He made a promise 600 years before Jesus came, 700 years before Jesus came. He said there would be, pro- uh, be a virgin will give birth. Boom. Like all these things come together. And I'm telling you, once you get this, you cannot deny it. You're saying, wow, this is so cool. Like God said this over here, and here's where it was fulfilled. This actually happened. These are actual historical events, actual people that lived and walked on this earth. And God says that there's more to come to this story. And I want to encourage you, you can trust God because his promises are, his promises are trustworthy, and they lead to the wonderful life. Listen, the more that you start to test the promises of God. So here it is. Sometimes, folks, the promises of God don't make sense to you now. But when you trust them, they lead to the wonderful life. A life filled with wonder. And there's been decisions that I've made in my life, and it didn't make sense to me at that time. 
As a matter of fact, most of the time, you know, what's the, what does Proverbs say? There's a way that seems right unto a man. The end leads to destruction. Most of the time, if I make a decision on my own thoughts on how I feel, it's never good. Never good. But whenever I come and I get God's promises involved, all of a sudden it's like, okay, God, you gave me this brain, and I'm coming, I'm checking in with you before I take that step of faith. And, Lord, I'm going to take that step of faith. And I may fail, and it's okay if I fail, but I'm going to have a wonderful life because you promised to give it to me. He's the gatekeeper. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, maybe you come here today and maybe you say, wow, Ken, I've been trusting. I've been biting on some of those lies. The lures of the thief have been deceptive. Man, it's, it's easy for me to do that. I, I want to take you to Jesus. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life, that they may have it to the full. Like, do you want an excessive amount of life? Don't settle for what you can produce. The life that you can produce is short. This is a temporary assignment here, folks. I know I say that a lot, but I have to remind myself of it a lot. This is a temporary assignment. And if I, if I sow to temporary, I will reap temporary. But if I sow to eternal things, I will reap eternal things. So I, I want to. I just want to pray for all of us today. If you've not trusted Christ, would you, right where you're seated, whether you're online or in the service, would you, would you open your heart and call on God? Just say, God, I need you. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin, and you came back to life again. And I, I want to trust you with my heart and soul right here now, God. Just, just, just call on Him and ask Him. Invite Him into your soul. He says that he gives life. And for others this morning, would you would you just would you just surrender? You know, we, we have to face the thief all the time. He he keeps coming. For for the people that day it was religion and, and he got him hook, line, and sinker and man, I can fall for that. I can fall for all kind of things. Cures for loneliness, cures for problems, cures for relationships, cures for finances, cures for health. All these things, but God says, listen, I want you to come unto me. I have come that you might have an excessive amount of life. So I'm going to invite you, followers of Jesus, would you, would, you, would you take these thoughts? Would you go home today, set aside a half hour, set aside an hour of quietness with God and say, okay, God, I need you help me to help me to decipher from the lures that Satan's putting in front of me. He keeps putting things in front of me that that are so tempting for me to take. God, I want your life. I want you to give me life. Father God, be with each one here today. We thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for the the wonderful family time we've had here today, Lord. Hearing from Ecuador. Um, seeing Reagan play and just, just all the joys that we're surrounded with here today uh, from, from the life that you've given us. But God, most importantly, we come to you and we surrender to you. So I, Lord, I pray you help, with, help each person, Lord. I don't know what they're going through. I, I don't know anybody's lives. But I know that, that you're helping people. And, and you came to give each person here life and each person in this world has the opportunity to have life. But God, it's so... It's so hard because the thief comes with lures. And 
we, we're just so tempted because, man, we just, we just want to live successful. We just want to be happy. But God, we want to come to you and get that happiness. We want to get that joy from you. We, 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 don't, want to, we don't want to move out into the world and move out into this life and, and, and go along our own path. Lord, we, we want to move on to your life and move into your world, and move into the decisions that you've called us to make. God, be with each person here as, uh, as, they all, as we're all working through this. Thank you, Lord. We, these are your children, and it's my pleasure, Lord, to be with them, and to love them, and to be part of the family together. And, Lord, we will pick each other up. When we fall down, we'll pick each other up. We're the family of God. This is our family, and we love each other here. God, thank you for the work you're doing in people's lives right here, right now. In your name we pray. All right, folks, thanks for joining us today. Come out Thursday, or Friday and Saturday, not Thursday, Friday and Saturday. Uh, it's the drive-by event up here. It will be fun. And I want to encourage you, spread the word. This isn't just for our family. We want to get the word. So get as many people who need Jesus that you know to drive by up here. It will be an incredible time. And if you have a camel, let us know. We're looking for a camel still. Have a good day. God bless.
edge, truth and power will always remain. But as my eyes close and mind awakes, no words come to fill the space. Cause words, they don't do your power much justice. It's too great. Too great to be bound by little letters we make up. And it's funny that we sometimes think we understand the fullness of your glory by calling you this and that. But the reality is that we can't fully comprehend how you can be all of who you are. And think of us. You think of me. Daily. You have a desire to be a part of my life. And I can't understand why. It's one of those things that's too good to be true. But yet it is. I don't think my job is to understand why. I think all that I'm supposed to do 